This week, we're talking about the new Elden Ring and updating on what's happening with the Activision Blizzard deal. This is the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. This is a song I wrote about the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and with me is a man who luckily didn't have to move this weekend, but did graduate, so still experiencing major life moments. It's my co-host, Mike. Mike, how are you? Look at us growing. Look at us growing, growing as we go. Yes. So this is now, okay, the GGBG podcast has now been recorded I guess technically in five different states because you recorded on vacation once, didn't you? I recorded. I I've already recorded once in North Carolina. This is now number two because that was that was while I was on vacation. Okay. And I recorded in. Recorded? I recorded in PA once. Yeah. So did I. Massachusetts. Did not record there. And and New York. You recorded in New York? You recorded in New York. Yes. You recorded in New York constantly. I'm recording in New York right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. I'm dumb. You, you, you recorded in PA for the longest time. Yeah. That was the joke. Is that it? That's, that's four. Didn't you record in one of the middle states there? One of the middle states? No, I don't think so. You sure about that? I'm sure. Yeah, because the time you were in North Carolina, I thought you were maybe visiting some uh, family in uh, the Mid Atlantic there, and recorded an episode. But maybe I'm thinking of the time you were in North Carolina. Yeah, no, the only yeah, the only like I would say funky time truly was like North Carolina. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah, but still, four. It's impressive. Yeah, that's what two and a half years of recording will do to you. Yeah, gotta make it work, right? Gotta gotta make it work however we can. And also yeah. just moving and changing actual places. So Yeah. And I wanna say in the I when did you and Justine get married? Uh May of twenty twenty. So that was before we started doing the podcast? Correct. Okay. I was gonna say we both got both got married, we both moved, but Cannot say, Cannot say that either. I got promoted. That's kind of like a graduation, right? More money involved than getting a new degree. So <laughs> I'd argue that it's better. <laughs> you know how much my uh, work offered me for getting a new degree? I'm going to guess nothing. Absolutely zero dollars. Love that. Love to hear it. Yep. Well, last week was that pre-record where you taught us all about the, well, you regurgitated and helped to regurgitate Web3 and gaming, and we kind of had an open discussion about that. Um, so you have two weeks worth of catching me up on what you've been playing. I have two weeks to catch you up on what I've been playing. And I... Uh definitely played two weeks worth of games i believe it i did not 
I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so where were we? Oh, um, Ringfit Adventure. <laughs> I played that at least once since oh. the last time we recorded. Okay. Um, it is not getting any easier. Okay. But I am not going down because every time you play, it's like, how was your last workout? Do you want to go harder? Maybe easier? Maybe the same? And there's a big part of me that should just go the easy route, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. And uh, so instead, I continue playing this game with horrible form, and I'm probably doing more bad than good. It's the thought that counts. So I'm telling you. You know what? The way I see it is, if I'm in pain, I've got to be doing something better. For mm-hmm. my body, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's getting worse. Um. So yeah, I probably played some Ringfoot Adventure since the last time we talked. Um, I probably played some Madden since the last time we talked. Though not much. Um, there's only so many times you can win the Super Bowl back to back. What else? I, I did start a new game, which I'm trying to save till the end if I can think of any other games that I played. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I really did, so I'll just, I'll just uh, be out with it. Uh, I play. I started playing Breath of the Wild. Nice, awesome. Yes. yes. And what are your thoughts thus far? Uh, I wish I would have played it seven years ago. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Not I can't be, wait for. Not, be, not because I think it's good. Oh. But because I think it would have been better seven years ago. Oh. <laughs> um. No, I I haven't played it long enough to actually make like a fair assessment. So before uh, you tweet at me with your hate mail, um, I do intend to play it more. I mean, it's I'm sure it's fine. Uh, I'm a little bit outside of my rails with like the scavenging and mm-hmm. like I really like linear games, and it kind of pisses me off that Legend of Zelda went away from that. Um, which is obviously more of a reflection on me than it is the game, but I really just, I like being on rails. Uh, I would say that Metroid is maybe the only exclusion, but even at that point, like your area is pretty defined. You just have to backtrack a bunch. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I started playing that. I'll probably play more of it. Um, I, I saw a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom this past weekend, and I think I should not fall into the same trap and just, you know, play that game sooner rather than later, but I'll share some of my thoughts because, um, we are allegedly talking about that today. Oh, yes, maybe, maybe that is the game I was alluding to. Who knows? Maybe. Um... To your point, and it is the game we're talking about, because I think it's worth bringing up that, um, yeah, Zelda obviously moved away from, um, you know, what it was, which was, I wouldn't necessarily call it linear, right? There was like a lot of backtracking and stuff like that that you had to do, but it wasn't open world is the definitive thing you can say. And um, it made that like leap. And I think, um, I think... You know, going from linear, like I even think about like Last of Us Part Two, right? Where it had an open world segment of the game. And then from there on out after that, 
it was basically back to a linear story. It's something that you can you can jump to, but you can't ever like like we'll never see another I would imagine Legend of Zelda game like those before because I, it doesn't feel like something that you can do. It feels like you once you've gone open world, you have to stick with that. You can't pare down again. I could be wrong, obviously, and somebody could come along and do it, but you know, I think once you've set that as like your thing, like think about an Assassin's Creed game if all of a sudden they wanted to make it linear, like I mean maybe it'd be better for the game, who knows? But it it it's tough to do, right? It's tough to work backwards like that almost. Yeah, I agree. And you know, there's there's um certain evolution, you know, that needs to happen and uh, the the chance that they took with Breath of the Wild worked, so and it seems objectively like it's working for Tears of the Kingdom, so why change it? Right. For people like me. Yeah, but I think it's a completely fair assessment on your end. So, um, Well, I'm happy you finally jumped on it. I, I really, really desperately need to get into Zelda. Um, it's almost kind of surprising that I've not managed to get into this game series. I think you would enjoy it. I know I'm not the only person to tell you that. Yeah. I know I would um, enjoy it. Like, full stop. Like, I've watched so much of Breath of the Wild. Um, I've watched... I mean, I think I've seen just about every... Um, every Mario... Or Mario? God. Zelda. After... Like every single one on the 64, maybe even what was on the SNES. Um, but I just know I've like watched so many playthroughs and stuff like that. I just find it so entertaining. I just have never actually committed to like doing it myself, basically. Yeah, I I don't know like how I could tell you to get into this game. Uh, and maybe like my brother one ask Chris would be better because I understand the general lore of Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, played it a lot when I was younger. Um, and it's funny because watching some of Tears of the Kingdom, there's obviously a huge gap somewhere, probably from where um, uh, Twilight Princess, I think, where, where that was through now. But I would say if you can get the general lore, you could probably enjoy playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I know I tried picking up Breath of the Wild. Like, it's just one of those things where, like, because it's such a massive game, you know, the beginning is naturally going to be rather slow. And because it didn't, because it didn't, like, I didn't hit far enough into the game, basically. I put it down and just impossible to pick back up now so it's now just like daunting and i just gotta i just gotta do it and like once i hit that point of no return i'll be into it and i know that but it's just a matter of getting there that's Uh, where i'm that's where i am too yeah i'm dealing with like it not being on rails and just trying to get interested yeah 
But like, that's kind of what I had to do with Cyberpunk too. And that evolved into being one of my favorite games of all time. So. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that, again, that's how I feel like most open world games go. And it never helps because like typically you pick up a new game because you put another game down or finished it or whatever. And like you just came off the high of the ending of a game and now you need yeah. to start back down at the bottom. And that, that can sometimes just be so tough. Yep. Um, well, that's cool. I'm excited to hear you continue both of those journeys, Ring Fit Adventure and Breath of the Wild. Um, to update you on what I've been playing um mlb obviously and um i think i talked about it last time uh graveyard keeper which was that like management sim type game um yeah. left playstation plus as of today the day we're recording this may 16th and uh i managed to get the platinum managed to get it done wow. and clap, clap, clap. yeah yeah thank you thank you it was very fun very enjoyable loved it um yeah, can't really say much much else. It's literally uh, uh, Stardew-esque in so many ways that it really just was was pretty perfect. Um, but yeah, that was very enjoyable. And did that, and then, yeah, like I said, basically just been MLB, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else, really. I don't think so. So pretty boring. But I'll have a new list of games leaving to start working on in a moment. I also did see that Humanity, that, like, game where you're a Shiba and, like, have to lead humans through, like, puzzles got added to PlayStation Plus. So maybe I'll maybe I'll try that out and report back on it. That's I think that's I mean, out a, today. A winning story from the start. Was that the one that I saw IGN gave, like, a 9 out of 10? Yeah, yeah, it has been getting really good reviews. And that's on PlayStation Plus? It just got added to... Um, it just got added to... The, like, extra tier or whatever. Okay. I wonder if that came to... Game Pass. I didn't see anything, so... Of course, I type in humanity and like Cards Against Humanity is like the only thing coming up. Of course. Let me see. Would it be on Metacritic? It's currently sitting at an 85 for its meta score, but that's only on 15 critic reviews. So. I mean, IGN gave it a 9, so it must be good. No. No, hang on a sec. Um, well, speaking of a nine or a 10 or a 98 or however you want to score this game, let's talk about Tears of the Kingdom, shall we? Sure. So I can't remember if this was the game that I used as my example about how I was nervous. Um, it's either this or Starfall that I'm nervous about. Uh, but basically... We've seen some shaky launches, and I would say Nintendo, it wasn't necessarily um, safe from that. Uh, 
granted, I know Pokemon isn't entirely theirs, but that was a game that launched solely on their system and had quite a few bugs and stuff like that in in its launch state and and was had some had a had a rough start, we'll say. Um, and so you know, given just the current state that we were talking about two weeks ago now at this point, um, I was a little bit nervous and safe to say that much like Elden Ring to draw that comparison, this released perfectly flawlessly. Uh, I mean, tens like across the board or five out of five or whatever scale you want to put it on. Metacritic is sitting at 97. Open Critic sitting at 98. Tears of the Kingdom is without a doubt a huge success, um, which, you know, given how things go, I would say was extremely refreshing to see, right? Like, it's kind of silly, but... Um, it's awesome, right? Like it's just, it's just so great. Um, and it's not surprising that, uh, it's, it's obviously crushing on sales. Um, I think Benji sales had its, uh, launch numbers in France and it's the biggest Nintendo launch in France with over 500,000 physical copies at launch. Um, just nuts it's 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 literally setting up to be another juggernaut in the industry similar to elden ring it's dominating the news cycle it's all people are talking about online um the amazing thing about it in a similar fashion to elden ring is that an elden ring is a bit harder to i think spoil the story of but i have not seen any story spoilers knock on wood that that continues of tears of the kingdom right like i'm just seeing what people are able to do in this game um and that's really been it and that's so refreshing and so amazing i have not personally seen spoilers uh but i do know that like the final battle slash just culmination of the entire story was leaked like a day or two before release Mm. okay well i you know what i do remember people saying to like keep an eye out and like watch out for that but even still i i would say it's been fairly impressive um and it's just i think a huge testament to what like nintendo's been able to do or what the team around the legend of zelda has been able to do because they constantly are retaining as many people as possible um, you know, people who who genuinely care about the franchise and the series and, and how it goes and mm-hmm. and are like putting truly like blood, sweat, tears into it um, just because it's like they're that passionate about it. And it's not just all this like giant rollover and stuff like that. I mean, I think it was Jason Schreier who pointed it out that like that's the thing that people should be should be taking from this. You know, you'll you'll see the gameplay and you'll take whatever you want from that. But what you should really be learning is that like keeping the same people game over game is what's going to help you build success for a series, especially. Um, that's just, it's incredible. It's, it's really incredible. Uh, I don't, it's hard. It's hard to say anything else 
beyond that. You know, people want to like talk about how like the graphics aren't good enough, right? Like that's always that's always the the um attack against Nintendo because they do graphics differently. They don't always just go for like hyper realistic. Uh but like this is perfect example and proof that like you don't need to. Um it's it's awesome. Awesome to see. Yeah, and the fact that we're getting one of the best games of this generation on a console that's six years old is pretty incredible. And, you know, people mention the graphics, but don't understand the Switch was already pushing its capabilities of its graphics, probably with Tears of the Kingdom. Like, yes the switch is only six years old but and i'm trying to pull up the exact year that the switch released well well, it was 20 it was 2017 that the switch released but the tegra x1 the processor that is used in there is Mm -hmm. from 2015. Mm. So you're talking about a processor that's eight, uh, uh, and it's a mobile chip. Think about what phones could do eight years ago. Well, iPhone was that. I mean, iPhone wasn't built on a Tiger chip. Very few phones were. But but just put it into perspective, Tears of the Kingdom was built on a chip that was meant for phones eight years ago. Right. I mean, the the lifeline of a phone is three years if you're lucky. Right. So you're now on a generation of mobile processors that's basically three lifetimes, and it's still producing this. Yeah, it's it's um, it's impressive. It's so impressive. Yeah, and like, so don't get me wrong. So I, I had the opportunity this weekend to watch One um, S plays. I was at, at their house uh, play Tears of the Kingdom, and like the graphics were fine. And they were playing it on the Switch OLED, which, and, and I saw it on a TV screen via the dock. So no different than the Switch. We know that. Um, it looked better than Breath of the Wild, which I know is highly acclaimed for its graphics. Uh, I personally don't think they hold up in 2023, but they're fine. They're not mm-hmm. bad. They're just, they're just Nintendo, and that's fine. Uh, frame rate was absolutely an issue a couple of times. Uh, I noticed, especially with like when you're using things that you built, which is a new mechanic in this game, as I understand it. Right. Um, but why it's, 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 it's like the last of us for PS3. The fact that you got this game at the end of a generation is just nuts. Absolutely wild. Yeah, and it's doing a great service to your fans to, to you know, you can think about like, oh, well, if they would have waited until the new tech, just think about what this game could have been, right? But you also have to weigh the fact that like not everybody is going to be able to immediately pick up that new tech. So having the ability to deliver something like this to to your largest, you would imagine your largest base possible is is huge 
right? Like you and, can't you can't really understate that. And that's not how you sell a console anymore. Right. I mean, think about PS4 to PS5. The graphics disparity, really not that different. Okay, if you look at the beginning of PS4 to the beginning of PS5, it's it's quite noticeable. But the sure. end of PS4 to the beginning of PS5 Marginal. is negligible. The yeah, the only difference you get really is load times. So, and now the new model is, okay, you're releasing these massive games to close out a generation, which most people are going to play it on, like you said, because mm-hmm. either people can't afford the tech when it comes out, or we see what we saw with the PS5 and the Series X, where you just can't find it. Right. And this is now a testament to your new hardware, because you can say, look how much better this last-gen game plays. It's basically like a new game, and you can go play it again. Uh, in Nintendo's case, if you pay the seventy dollars again, mm-hmm. so it's a perfect model for them. So that's why they didn't wait, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, I, I think once again, Zelda has proven that it very much still holds a ton of like. Uh, power to throw around the industry because you look at this and you just know that that everybody everybody has their eyes on it right um more so i would say than the than the fact of like elden ring obviously was incredible and the public really helped to like push and showcase how incredible it was but you just knew because of the series um that Zelda already was that that this was again going to just be, be absolutely massive for the industry. Um, you've seen it bring tons of people together, and in a lot of ways, you know, as Zelda goes, so does like the rest of the industry. You know, people are going to take parts of this game, the building right aspect. You know, there are going to be so many games now trying to force that in because of how Zelda was able to implement it. They too now want to to try and implement it. They think that's the they're gonna think that's the important takeaway, um, and it'll be it'll be really impressive to see um, because again it'll just show how much weight this game holds as it should, being a series that's been around since basically the beginning of video games. Um, just absolutely nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's a good entry into the series, and um, you know, it's it. I, I think it definitely has the ability to find new audiences and bring more people in. Um, so yeah, ultimately, I think it's a great game. I think it's a great entry uh, into the series, and again, that's without playing it just seeing it um and a testament to what nintendo is able to do on such old hardware and that's their forte Mm -hmm. um it's really just kind of an ode to like gaming generations past Mm -hmm. because you know you're not really going to get a whole lot of patches as far as i know there wasn't a massive day one patch it was this is the game Mm -hmm. here it is play it Yeah, it's exciting. Very exciting. And to your point, neither one of us is playing it, right? And yet here we are still talking about it. And again, that was very much the the Elden Ring effect on gaming. So 
you know, as things currently stand, uh, obviously a way too early prediction, but it's it would it's hard to imagine that this game does not win game of the year simply from how these past five days have gone. Um, obviously, we'll see how the cards end up falling, but and it's a classic franchise, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that holds some weight. It's a classic franchise that people have not gotten tired of yet. And that is impressive because there are franchises that have been around for less time who have put out close to, if not the same volume. And for the love of God, please stop making Assassin's Creed. I was going to say Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Yeah, we already know what I'm talking about, but I'm still going to buy the new one. Are you though? Um... (laughs) Well, yeah, absolutely. Come on. Good enough. Um, I'm interested to hear if you've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. Let us know what your thoughts have been on the game thus far. And uh, let us know where you think it ranks with some of the other Zelda games. Um, and I guess, what would you... What do you think is the next step? I can't... I don't... Like, I couldn't tell you. Right, like you think about how they've they had added in various gimmick isn't really the right word, but it's kind of like the only thing I can think of. Right, like each each Zelda game always seems to have a gimmick to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, and I'm really curious. I mean, I know that there's like new abilities, right, that you have in this game. Um, the, the like. Breath of the Wild was like the whole like the tablet, right? That like gives you like those different abilities. And now there's new ones for this game. And I, I've seen so many people say that like each ability on its own is so impressive that it alone could have been a, a full games gimmick. And that's just amazing. Like where the hell do they go from there? Yeah, I mean, I, I at this point, I hope the next Zelda game is on the next gen console. So that's a fair um, assumption. I mean, even if they don't do anything like mechanically different, just you know, the depth of what they'll be able to do, um, the the graphics increase, the frame rate increase, the world size increase. Not that I'm saying that anybody like complained about that or that Mm -hmm. it's warranted to make a bigger world but like they'll have that capability in a next gen in a next gen system yeah yeah it'll it'll be it'll be interesting because they'll have to go back to the drawing boards and obviously the the limitations should be less you know and and or restrictions should be lessened so yeah i already can't can't wait um all right yeah let us know if you have any guesses as to what could potentially be next or what would make sense and mike let's talk about the thing that we keep saying we don't want to talk about yeah so sorry i was shuffling things on my desk (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so we we kept saying week over week that we don't want to talk about Microsoft and Activision anymore, and we still don't. Uh, but 
you know, the world has other plans. Not that we didn't necessarily see this coming, but we still have to talk about it. And that's that the EU, whatever their commission on uh, business competition is, I don't know what it is offhand. Mm -hmm. um, they okayed the deal between Microsoft and Activision and said that the CMA uh, very much so overstated what they believe their share in Microsoft's um, market cap of, of the cloud gaming uh, market is. Um, and it was kind of funny how things transpired. So the EU commission said, yes, this is fine. Uh, the CMA overstated this. And then almost immediately, the CMA tweeted and the prime minister, uh, and I'm blanking on his name right now, made a LinkedIn post. And that's when you know it's getting real when people take to LinkedIn about these things. Uh, basically uh, standing their ground and saying that, uh, that is the EU's opinion, but we still stand firm in what we believe. Uh, just a really, really interesting take. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, as far as the EU is concerned, uh, this deal is fine, does not hinder competition, and uh, it should move forward, in their opinion. Uh, I, I will say that the EU's or not the EU, I'm sorry, the CMA's argument is, well, Microsoft having this 60 to 70% market cap, which the EU said was completely in incorrect, uh, in, in cloud gaming really hinders competition. And that cloud gaming startups are really going to have to fight to get into this space. Uh, and the CMA and, and or not the CMA, the EU and Microsoft uh, very uh, elegantly said that if a startup can afford uh, server space or a warehouse to host servers, uh, then they should absolutely be in the space because it's not really a startup industry. So basically to the only concession that the EU had was if one of these startups were to start a very small cloud gaming platform, again, a rarity, it usually comes from the big companies like the Microsofts, the Amazons, the Googles, RIP, <laughs> uh, that licensing essentially has to be free for Activision games. So let's say I start a cloud gaming startup. Um, you know, I, I have to pay whatever Microsoft's like fair rate is to have these games on my platform. Mm -hmm. uh, but nothing, there's no other premium involved or, or you pay out. I, I don't know what the situation is here. If you have to pay to have the game on your platform or you pay based on play time kind of like what game passes model is. Mm -hmm. um, but regardless, they just said you, you can't, you essentially can't have any other extra hoops to jump through for any cloud gaming platform to have this. 
Which I feel like with all of the deals and stuff that they were trying to make is, I think, effectively what they were trying to showcase, right? Like, is that they weren't planning on trying to make things any more difficult for uh, one's ability to, to receive and be able to play these games, right? Yeah, and, you know, you saw Brad Smith's tweet, mm -hmm. and essentially that it's like this concession is a no-brainer because it goes with our motto, well, we want people to play the games they want on the platform they want anywhere they want. And again, it's not like Microsoft has to worry about these startups because it takes a lot of capital to start a cloud gaming startup and usually some existing resources. Right. So it's really a non-issue for them. I think, you know, I assume how this went down was Microsoft had a good relationship with the EU and they said, um, you know, you, this is this is why the CMA didn't allow this platform. How can we, or didn't allow this acquisition? How can we word this to make us look like the good guys? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they did. So it's um, definitely interesting. And that kind of shows how out of touch uh, the UK is. Yeah. Which, to that point, I even said to you earlier, like, and, and, and we talked about it when the CMA used cloud gaming as the reasoning for blocking it in the first place. Um, like, it just feels like, yeah, out of touch. They just don't, they just don't get it, right? And, and they're pointing at any one thing that they can try to block it for whatever reason. And it's just not really a good reason. Um, and so, yeah, I think the EU coming out and saying this is is good overall. Um, I really, like, can't grasp how this transpired from a political standpoint. And not that I want to get too far into that, but, like, my impression is that the UK is generally pretty conservative, hence why Brexit happened, hence why they're out of the EU, etc. Mm -hmm. And then my impression of the EU was the majority of those countries are pretty liberal. And I don't mean like far left or far right in either of these statements. I mean, just leaning that way. Right. That's why they're part of this consortium for like a general, you know, every country again for the most part wants to see each country in this trade agreement prosper so based off of that conservatives generally don't care when big business win and liberals generally hate when big business win mm -hmm. so the fact that this is how this transpired just completely blows my mind right and the fact that the CMA happens to carry more weight than the EU's commission also blows my mind because the EU touches way more people than the CMA does. But yeah, when the CMA made their ruling, everyone's like, oh, well, it's done. This whole deal is done. Just an interesting paradigm. Yeah, it's a head scratcher. Um... I mean, with the CMA's response, it just, it feels like a, 
we're steadfast and not going to change, but obviously we'll see. Yeah, I I think obviously they're going to review this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they responded so quickly. I felt that unnecessary because I feel like they reversed their decision based off of what the EU says. They're probably just holding out because we still have to wait for the FTC, mm-hmm. which is really the end-all be-all in this situation because Microsoft is based in the United States. FTC is the governing body there. Um, you know, that's that's really that's really the final piece here. Um so yeah, I, I don't I feel like the um CMA just kinda felt like they had to make a decision and they went with what they thought the FTC would pick. Um well, I mean, the FTC filed to block the acquisition, correct? Yeah, I mean, they they filed a lawsuit, which I don't think we've had any update on recently. Um, but politics are weird. And just because they filed a lawsuit <laughs> doesn't mean that it won't pass. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I kind of lean towards, I mean, I would love... I wish I would have pulled up like the tally of yays and nays before this recording, but it's amazing because I feel like I've heard of more yays than nays. I feel like it's really just the CMA and maybe one other country authority that said no. But the overwhelming majority of like South American countries, I believe, voted yes. The EU now voted yes. Japan voted yes. I I think Japan voted yes. I thought there was another um, Asian country that voted no, but I can't remember. But I, I remember it not being a huge deal. So it's it's interesting, and it's 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 even more interesting to see the opinions of a lot of the reporters and pundits who have basically said like, once the CMA said no, they're like, oh, okay, deal's done. And uh, now that the EU said yes, they're like, well, hold on a second. Uh, So I guess this is just my reminder that a lot of media is still looking for clicks. (laughs) So the, the deal will be done when the deal is done. And we'll see what happens. I don't know. Do you have any, like... I guess, first of all, do you have any opinions on the EU versus CMA? Just like the the back and forth? Yeah, like, we obviously have two different sides of the table here. And, like, where do you think, where do you think this goes? Do you think the CMA looks at the EU and says, oh, they made good points. We are fucking stupid. Let's reevaluate this. Or do you think they just maintain stubborn Brits and be like, nope, this is what we decided. And that's democracy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I don't think it's necessarily a stubborn Brits thing. I think it's just, that's how we as people are now. 
we're we're so steadfast and just nobody wants to ever be wrong and i feel like because the eu flat out comes out and basically says no you're wrong and like what you're saying is is factually incorrect that's just gonna like make them double down and just like remain steadfast to your point um that's that's what makes me nervous i would say and and the fact that they went on and like posted a five tweet thread that really felt like they were saying a whole lot of nothing but somehow managed to and they have a check mark they could have just done a long tweet um just kind of i think bolsters that opinion from from me or my my gut um but yeah i don't know what i mean what do you think Um, I want to be as, I don't even think I have to worry about bias because I would understand if the CMA voted no on reasonable terms, but the fact that they just pulled this cloud gaming thing out of their ass really pisses me off. And I think it's just, it's just completely unintelligible. Um, I think they're going to get over it, and I think they're going to probably reverse their decision. I mean, I hope so, right? Like, and and like, for me personally, like, uh, I'm like in agreement with you, right? Like, their 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 decision being that based on like the cloud gaming excuse really made me just like think from here on out anything they say, I'm just gonna fucking be like, yeah, whatever. Um. So yeah, I hope I hope that they wise up and and reverse their decision and realize that like they were wrong, but you just never know if you can really rely on that. Yeah, and I'm I'm on LinkedIn trying to find Rishi Sunak's post that's supposed to be specifically about this. I see something about like promoting a pro British economy. Okay. But it doesn't explicitly say anything about Microsoft and Activision. Um, it does mention the CMA. Uh, something about steering regulators, but yeah, I... I don't know. Here's a post from two weeks ago about video games. <laughs> I I don't know. I I'm torn because I don't know what the FTC is going to say. Right. Um. Again, you know, the FTC sued to block this. We haven't heard a whole lot about that recently. The FTC also just lost. Um, some sort of competitive lawsuit against Meta. I forget the, the exact details on that, but I know it was kind of a black eye. Like it's something that is so obvious mm -hmm. that they should have won, and they still fucked it up. Um. So my my natural instinct is that the FTC is going to block this, but this is America, so they'll find a way to fuck it up. <laughs> 
So if that happens, I think that the CMA will reverse their decision. If it doesn't, I think they'll stay steadfast and say, yeah. ha we were right. We're not coming back to the EU. You guys made a mistake. <laughs> Letting us leave. It's a shit show. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that the EU made decision the decision that they did and that they called out this weird statement towards cloud gaming. Um, I guess we'll see what weight that holds with the FTC because that's going to be the ultimate thing here. I Yeah. I also, again, just going back to when we talked about it, I really just don't understand how it's Microsoft's fault that others have failed. It's not like Microsoft is like... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't feel like they're doing that much, right, for the whole cloud gaming scene. I think they've, I think they've, I think they've done a lot, but it's not, it's not to a point where it's like, I, I don't know how to like say it, but like if just imagine if if Sony and PlayStation was at where it's at today, and Xbox never existed, and and Nintendo never existed, then I could be, I could understand how you could be like. If they own Call of Duty, isn't that going to make it really hard for anybody else to break into the scene? But like, you know, I, I just don't understand. Who wants like, to play Call of Duty on a cloud platform? I also just don't understand how it's their fault that again others have failed, right? Like, yeah. it's not their fault. It's not like they're doing anything that I think intrinsically affects somebody's ability to gain traction. I think people have tried and people just have failed. Yeah, that's it's it. not like it's not like Microsoft killed Stadia. Right. Google killed Stadia. Uh, they, Google has the resources to build a great cloud gaming platform. And to be honest with you, when Stadia was around, I had I spent way way more time on Stadia than I did on XCloud. Um, and but again, that's that's just Google's investment strategy. They throw a fuck ton of money at stuff at the very beginning, and if they don't uh become an industry leader in two years and they kill the product yeah that's 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 all it is that's not microsoft's fault right microsoft exactly does the same shit in different in different industries right um yeah i just don't understand how that uh, uh, and just to go back to that i i need to go to the most recent earnings call too because i don't remember if it was mentioned in there or if this is all just private uh surveys that people are holding but allegedly no one's even using Xbox cloud gaming. I guess there's been a huge drop off in who uses it. I can say myself, I use it way less than I used to. Right. Um, to the point where I'm like, well, do I even need to be paying the extra $5 a month to have it? And it's, Again, I, I would love to see if they brought it up in the earnings call because I, I just frankly don't remember. But um, it it sounds to me like it's it's struggling. Again, I don't think that's any necessarily any fault of Microsoft's. I think it's just like it's not. There's no demand. Right. There's so many people home right now. So. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's an interesting argument to make. 
one that doesn't feel like it should have the likes that they currently think it does. No. No. Well, Mike, I really hope. Wait, I'm not actually. Actually, I'm not going to say it because then maybe we'll get lucky. Like maybe it's one of those things that we're speaking into existence accidentally. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um. But either way, I am. I am very much so ready for a decision to be made about about this right like I, I i really do just want one way or another and i think we've said that before too because it's just gotten to a point where it's just so stretched out and just overplayed and it, it feels like it's been unnecessary this entire time whatever side of the fence you're on at this point but obviously we won't know until we know Yep, we won't. And this will probably go on for many more months. But hopefully we won't have to talk about this until the FTC makes it soon. You fool. You've said it. We're now going to be talking about it next week. All right. Well, anything else to talk about this week, Mike? No, I'll just keep my mouth shut. Good call. Good call. Well, a very happy belated Mother's Day to all who support this podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you and we appreciate everybody listening right now. Thank you so very much. If you could leave us a rating or review wherever you do listen, that would also be greatly appreciated. And the best thing you can do as always is share this podcast with a friend, with a loved one, with an enemy, with somebody who doesn't know much about video games with somebody who knows a ton about video games. Just share this podcast and with mom. share it with a mom. Yeah. That, celebrate the holiday. Yeah, we can we can bring it back for an episode. Why not? Celebrate. Could have made moms. this a lot shorter. I'll make you a lot shorter. Go on. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>